Let's go! This is Dubis's team. It is the best team. Are you guys disrespecting my fourth line? Never. I love that fourth line more than my daughter. Scoring-wise, totally unprecedented. This guy is on fire. This needs to be fixed or we're not going anywhere. Do you know what's better than 40 goals a year? 80 goals a year, yeah. which is what he's getting with Mitch Marner. I think you guys are crazy. Stop it. Tim, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Ryan, you are wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the Leafs cast with Steven, Ryan, and Tim. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. I, I cannot get enough of doing these things after a W. After three straight W's. It was, it was five straight W's. Five straight W's. Ryan, fix your right. eyes. I'm talking about three W's this week. This podcast, <laughs> we're talking about three games, and we won all of them. Fix your eyes. Uh, <laughs> Not I've, even close. Stephen Douglas here, joined by uh, brothers in arms, uh, Tim Allison and Ryan Allison. It's good to be back. Uh, just a few more of these to go before the, the playoffs begin. The regular season is wrapping up really quick. I think only six games remain. Um, that five games, five games or fix your eyes. <laughs> we got Montreal, ready. Montreal, Montreal, and then Ottawa, Winnipeg. So, wow. uh, um, yeah, we had a couple really great games to talk about. We're going to go over, uh, we're going to hop in the wagon for a bit, get, get, get some of our pre-playoff thoughts out. And then we're going to do a pre-playoffs version of what you guys aren't seeing. It's going to be a great pod. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about the week. So as as Tim uh, previously alluded to the first game, we got four one win over Montreal. It was solid W. Yeah. So so we did. We we had a few days off and uh, we roll out there against the Canadians for a big game. The debut uh, against the Leafs for their prized possession, Cole Caulfield. <laughs> yep. And I could not get enough of the announcers gassing him up for his shots. <laughs> I'm not even talking about the Leafs yet. I just, I'm already talking about Cole Caulfield. I can't believe it. I just think well, it was really funny that they're making a big deal about, and I get it. He's a big time prospect, but he comes in there and he has an RA, you know, he skates and he, he runs into the butt of a ref and falls down. But they're just like, this kid had four shots on goal. And he was looking hot. He was looking hot. <laughs> we Come know what it's like though, like having the, the new rookie you're excited to see him and, and you analyze every little thing they do. Like you remember <laughs> Rasmus Sandin's first game or Nick Robertson's first game. Like we, we, I get it. I get the hype. <laughs> four shots on goal. Okay. Now let's talk about the Maple Leafs though. Um, Thank you. It's at least talk only here. So, so, so the Canadians, <laughs> they were uh, a little bit banged up for that game. And they still yep. are. They, they've got a handful of guys that are not in the lineup. Uh, Drew Ann's out. Uh, who Tatar's out. I don't even know. I mean, Price is out. They, yes. they had Allen in that. Yes. And so it, it definitely felt like we were playing a, a little bit of the B squad. But um, what good teams do is um, just when, when everyone's healthy teams. on Montreal, it feels like we're playing the B squad. <laughs> <laughs> but it, all, all I'm saying is good teams beat up on the bad teams. And we did that on Wednesday. Yep. Yep. It didn't, it didn't really look like that hard of a game, but you know what? It, it shouldn't look like that hard of a game We're we are clearly better than them. And like our record shows it and it shouldn't be this like three, two grinded out. Oh, thank goodness. We beat Montreal. Like at this point of the season, we should be winning. And that's what we did. When Jake Muzzin scores a goal on you, you know that uh, you have some work to do. So Montreal try to clean it up before next week. And one other goal that happened that game 
Austin Matthews, the puck is like at his chest level. He hits it down, hooks his stick around, gets the shot off as soon as it touches his stick in the back of the net. That's going to be one of the best goals Matthews has scored all season. It was great. I uh, I said it to you guys on the Xbox chat after the game, and I uh, that I, I it almost feels like he's cursed. Like like many years ago, he spoke to some wizard and gave up some. You know, he's gonna like something's gonna happen to him later down the road. But it's like every time his stick touches the puck, it's going to go in the back of the net. Because how did that one happen? That was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sitting in my living room like, come on, are you it's kidding just a- me? It's at the point where like the game starts and you just know he's going to get at least one or two. It's it's just every game he shows up and is dominant out there. It's it's so fun to watch. So the the trend you, you kind of said, Ryan, about um, it, it, it felt like like the other teams were just may, maybe being a little bit lazy and like like not trying as much. And uh, I, I feel like that was a trend because when we went into uh, play against the Canucks two times this week, Not to say that we were sleepwalking, but it felt like we really could have just sleptwalked through both of those games and just completely boat raced them because it it just didn't feel like there was really much competition going on there. Well, I think especially that first Montreal game where we got out to the early lead uh, and then padding the lead further in the second period, even though Montreal was fairly even like shots on goal through the game, it was never really... Uh, let's just say it wasn't sweating any buckets that we might not come away with the W. <laughs> uh, Campbell or was yes, this is the game with uh, Campbell and that. Um, no, the first game against Vancouver was winning. <laughs> sorry, a little bit late. This, but I love to no, get that in. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. The Montreal game was uh, was Campbell. Yes, and and then yeah, so he was solid, solid there, and then yeah, but definitely, definitely Vancouver. Uh, yeah, not too worried. Now Vancouver's playing, I think at this point, uh, two games a day, so they are a little <laughs> bit gassed. And they mentioned that a lot last night. And they and they looked. At, I mean, last night was the most recent game. They they did look tired. Um, and where when they first came back from their break, people were like, eh, maybe these guys can make a run. It doesn't look that way anymore. Um, that wraps up like, our. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Oh uh, well, I was just gonna say, I feel like those two games we played against Vancouver. Vancouver, like they looked sluggish and I feel like that's how we expected them to look right when they came back. But instead they beat us those two games. So it's almost like the two games were, were reversed. So the Leafs have let in uh, a combined four goals in the last four games. That's the same total that David Riddick let in, in uh, about 67 <laughs> seconds in a game <laughs> a week and a half ago. Hey, but you know what? Riddick got his win this week. It, it, it wasn't a tough game for him, but you know what? He made the stops he needed to. And at least we got, if, if we lost that game, it would have been a different mood this pod. So I'm glad Riddick was able to pull, pull off a W. All right. You guys want to hop on the wagon? Well, one, one thing quickly that I want to say that that first game we played against Vancouver, we rested some of our big players. We we did some load management. We let Riley have the night off, Muzzin have the night off, and Nick Felino have the night off, as well as Jack Campbell, but that was more expected. What what do you guys think of that about uh Keith resting some of our some of our players? I loved it. It was like at this point of the season, our we even first place in the division is locked up, so there's no point of uh playing guys more than we need to. Like each game that they're out there, especially against the uh, predatory players like Alex Edler gutless. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just extra chances for players to get injured. So I'm fine with, with Keith uh, resting players, even like, so we saw in the, the Vancouver game on Saturday, 
Uh, he basically just rolled all four of his forward lines. Like Austin Matthews' line played like 15 or 16 minutes. And, and still the got two line, goals. Yeah. Still got two goals. Uh, yeah, I I was I was really shocked when that happened because, you know, the Leafs almost never do this, right? This almost never happens, in I feel like, in the NHL in general. Oh, so, oh go ahead, Tim. I would say hockey hardly ever does. Yeah, it. and so the original reaction when when uh, one of you guys sent the message like "This is our lines," we're like, "What did they all? What happened? <laughs> right? Like like they're all hurt? <laughs> what happened? Um, they got hit by the wagon." And so uh, you know, after that shock, I, yeah, I really like the decision, especially the, the defenseman. I mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. there's no way Austin Matthews is sitting a game. He's trying to score 100 goals this year. Um, the, <laughs> and 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 the forwards, you know, they got it. They got to keep it going. But, um, yeah, I really like that, especially Muzzin. He was so important to us on, de- on defense last year. Riley gets banged up every once in a while. I'm sure that Felino was, even though he had a whole week off, I'm sure he was feeling it because I, he definitely got crunched at the end of that uh, Canadians game. And he looked fine. I was like, oh, that looks bad. But he, he ended up, I guess, being, or he, he looked fine after, but maybe that was why they were sitting him. But, but Tim, you brought up that um, you don't want them to do that at the moment. You said, I, I don't know if I like this shutting them down for like a lot more of the season. Cause they're going to get rusty. Uh, well, that was in response to you saying, let's sit them for the next eight games. And that was, I thought a little excessive. Like I, I think even if it, every other game, we just sit a kind of rotating cast of players as needed. I don't know. I'd be okay. Like I, I don't think that rust would be a factor here. Like if you're, you know, last year we saw at the end of playoffs, um, Mango with Janssen come back at the very end of the, the playoff run in game five. He'd been sitting for like, well, like five months at that point, And he looked rusty, but five months is a lot more than like five games or four games or something. I'd be okay. If we, if we benched a couple guys here and there, even just like make cap space to let Freddie come back. I, I don't think rest will be an I, issue. There. I agree. I, 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 I would love them if they sat, especially Muzzin. Just think about what Muzzin does and what he did this week. Just cleaning yep. guys. Yeah. He doesn't need to play every one of these games. He's so important to us. He's old. He, he, he gets the <laughs> occasional injury. He's kind of <laughs> old. He looks old. Um, and so, I, I, I would be fine with it. It's probably not going to happen anyway. They're going to keep these guys out. And it's going to be interesting this week because um, I, I guess we could just get into it now. So we got, we got, um, it's only five games left in the season. And we kind of ha- have, w- we have control a little bit over who we play here. Because let's say we just sat all of our guys and lost all three games to the Canadians. That really secures us playing against the Canadians where if we felt like, you know what, I, we kind of want to play the Flames. Uh, if, if no, we really, you mean the Jets. Wait, the flames are done. Really? Yeah. It's like 5% chance they make it in now. Yeah. Like Mont- Montreal is now a better chance of passing Winnipeg than they do of falling back with the, oh, fl- the flames eight are points. 8 points you're right. back. It's eight, yeah, it's 8 points. Okay, mm-hmm. I looked at that with an outside shot, but no, you're right. Okay. So, forget so what I said. So if we if we if we play Montreal and we lose all the games against Montreal, we'll most likely be facing Winnipeg. However, Winnipeg is still in free fall, losing six games in a row. Yeah. Which is laughable. Well, it, it's done. totally possible if, if we were to go really hard, uh, Montreal could lose five of their last six. So Montreal plays us three times. They play the Senators once and the Oilers twice. You could totally we'll know see by them. next week. By next week, it'll be clear who we're facing in the playoffs. All right. You ready <laughs> to hop in the wagon? Yep. Let's roll. <laughs> Gas it up. Okay. The wagon is the part of the show where we go over players that are rolling. Because, Tim, what do wagons do? 
wagon says roll along. They roll along and you can't stop them. The Leafs are a wagon right now winning five in a row. Check your eyes, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I really like Jake Muzzin this week. I thought um, he was a, a leader out there. Just just cleaning people. I like that he cleaned Jimmy VC. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> like, like, yeah, sure. We, we we sat next to them in the locker room a month ago, but now now you're my enemy. Um, I really liked him a lot this week. He got a goal, so we have to respect him for that. Uh, thank you to Jake Muzzin. He's in there for me. What do you guys like? I don't think I don't think it would be a wagon if you didn't have Matthews and Marner in there. Like the, they are the two best players in the world right now. I mean, come on, McDavid's still having his two points a game for whatever he's getting. But let's be real here. Matthews and Marner are just they're words cannot even describe. They're in there. They're unreal. And you can't and you can't separate them either. Because even though sure Matthews the one racking up all the goals, like Marner is there for like every single one of them. What's better mm-hmm. than forty goals, guys? What's better than forty? <laughs> Eighty goals a year. Tell yeah. me, that's what he's gonna get yeah, he's next playing. year. I think he's on pace for like sixty-seven or sixty-eight over an eighty-two game season. That's outrageous. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, all right. So we got we got Matthews. We got Marner in there. Uh, the captain. How about? Mm, I, I was I don't know. I was saying to Tim last night, it's kind of been an underwhelming week for JT. He's been in there basically every week for us, but I don't know if he warrants uh, one he, of our. I, I think seats he, this he, week. he gives up his seat to a future captain of the Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. Ooh, okay. <laughs> what about uh, what about Sandine? Yeah, yeah. Last week we left him out, but I, I think he deserves it this week. He got some serious ice time with us sitting. I think it was a 21 minutes that first game against Vancouver. He deserves it. That was really Brody. exciting to see, right? That it was like. Riley's out and Sandine's going to be getting top line minutes alongside. Was it Brody? Yeah. He looked great, man. He he looks really great. So congratulations, Rasmus Sandine. You're in there. Um, I'm going to flame the third line a little bit later, but Wayne Simmons for answering the bell and uh, um, fighting Alex Edler in the honor. I I don't know. I, the guy, Alex Heather had 900 games played, zero fight. That was his first ever fight no, the other game. He deserved game. it. He deserved it, every punch that he what took. What a that guy, he Simmons, like it. He looked like he never Wayne fought Simmons before. Should have gone into the NHL Department of Player Safety and fought George Perro, so we're only suspending <laughs> the guy for two games. That's who deserved it. Fair. Perro should get a, a few bruises here and there, but that, that was a warranted fight. I don't care what any of these loser media people say. He deserved every punch. We need to bring Colt Lore back to fight George Paris. Oh, I want to say that Sheldon Keefe deserves a seat in the wagon for deciding to load manage and rest his players. We saw it just recently with the Raptors of, of load managing Kawhi and some of the other superstars. And it matters. Playoffs is literally the only thing that matters. You want their players at 100%. Let's have, let's have Keefe in there for doing some okay. unconventional hockey wisdom. Um, I, I want to maybe Cole Caulfield. He had a couple of good shots this week. Shots on goal. Maybe Cole. Hey, he got he got the overtime winner for Montreal uh, last night. That was pretty fun. No, don't mention his goal. I'm just making fun of his shots. Okay, all right. I like that. So we've got uh, uh, the 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 top line with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Uh, who's driving? Are we gonna let? I mean, let, let the kids, Sandine, have the wheel. All right, the kids got the wheel. I hope he got his license there in Canada. Uh, yeah, we've got Sandine in there. We got Jake Muzzin, the old vet, and Sh- Sheldon Keith. Sheldon Keith is not driving. 
Nope. Nope. No, he just he just he's the backseat driver. He just yells at the guys and tells them where to go. Okay, hey, I know Steven, last that- last week at the end, uh I forget if it was a quick hitter, but we said will um will Steven like Nick Felino better after this week? He only played two of the games, but what are your thoughts of Felino coming out of the week? I do like him more this week. Um I on the penalty kill, he is so tenacious and I I um He's not he's not always super noticeable in everything that he does, but like he he's been really efficient at kind of doing the old Hyman job before Hyman scored 30 goals a year of just getting the puck and getting it to one of the superstars. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I really like that he's 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 just out there flying into the boards hitting people. He's gigantic. He looks huge. Um, yeah, he is I think he has 4 points in 4 games now. Yeah, point a game player. And so, so, so he I wasn't doing that in Columbus. I do like him more now. Thank you for checking in. Well, he, to me, he just looks like another player that will just never have a bad shift. Like when he's out there, you just know he's going to do his job and, and the puck's going to eventually get to Matthews and Marner. Like I, I only like this guy. All right. So sweet. Uh, that's the wagon. Uh, a couple of good guys in there. Sorry, Keith, you don't get to drive. I know it's your team, but uh, uh, that's not up to you. It's probably Keith's car because Sandine doesn't have a car yet. So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's talk about it. Beard talk. <laughs> the playoffs are coming up. So uh, we here at the Leafs cast are pro playoff beard. Since the days that we could barely even grow beards. That's for Ryan and I. Tim's been growing a solid beard since what, Tim? You were nine? <laughs> Uh, grade six. Grade so. six. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the playoffs are very fast approaching, and our players will be uh, the, the Leafs. You have to assume there's going to be some nice playoff beards coming in because we should be having a deep run. There's some fantastic facial hair on the team in general, but we're going to talk about us and our involvement because I think playoff beards as a fan are very important because you're in it with the team. And when you look in the mirror every day and you say, Ugh. like, what is that? You, you're reminded that what you're doing is there's a purpose behind it and you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Life is worth living. So uh, Ryan went ahead and shaved this week after the Leafs uh, clinched. Talk about that, we clinched, Ryan. Well, you know, I, I saw we clinched and I said, all right, this is this is the time. We are going to the playoffs. I'm going clean shaven, completely baby face, and I'm not touching this baby until the Leafs win the cup. Wow. We're going to eliminate it, but let's be honest. We're winning the cup this year. So, so I, I am in the camp and we talked about it in the chat that I, I, I don't think you totally have to shape. I appreciate what you did, Ryan, and the sacrifice that you made for the team. Tim, I don't think there's anything wrong with you not shaving completely and just letting the beard get longer. Cause like Joe Thornton's not going to shave before the playoffs. Jake and Tim's older than me. So he's kind of like the podcast, Joe Thornton, much the older. Joe of the pod. much <laughs> older, uh, but there's someone important that we need to talk about. And it's me. Okay, because I uh, I could try to grow a playoff beard. Now, we haven't had a lot of deep playoff runs, but my playoff beard in years past has not been very uh, impressive. It really hasn't changed much since 2013, the first playoff beard that I ever grew. Um, so I want to discuss two potential alternatives for me. Now, I'm going to do a beard regardless, but it just it's not going to matter as much. So I have two ideas. Uh, number one is playoff pants. What are, it's, are, all right. are you going to expand on this? <laughs> what are playoff pants? Uh, I will wear the same pants for the entire playoff run. Oh, poor Haley. So now hang on. Well, we can discuss if I have to, if I have to wash I mean, them or not. Um, but 
Uh, I will wear the same pants. So I've just, I've narrowed it down to two different pairs of pants, and everything that I do that involves pants, um, I would wear them. Now that could get more extreme. Like every time, I, whenever I go work out, when I sleep. Let's let's say game day pants. That's what you could do. <laughs> game day pants. That's not bad. That's a that's a better alternative. I, I didn't want something that was going to suffer too much. Like I mentioned to Haley, like I could sleep on the floor. Uh, in like a sleeping bag for the whole playoff. She's like, you're going to hate that. And then you're going to wish the Leafs are going to get out. Um, okay, so that's option number one. Um, option number two is a playoff mustache. A mustache is something that I can do. And uh, I've done it in the your, past. Your dad has a pretty legendary mustache. Absolutely. Uh, it's almost the one, air, the one, the dance that I can show up to. Okay. Steven can grow a mustache. So um, I could do that hey, for the whole playoffs. In respect to Austin Matthews, that'd be pretty, uh, pretty fitting. So what do you guys like more playoff pants or a mustache? Yeah, I, I'd give you the, give the vote for the mustache. Like we, I think we have to, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pay tribute to Joe Thornton with the beard, and you can pay tribute to Cactus with the stash. And I'll pay tribute to Marner with the baby face. <laughs> oh, I, I, lo- I laugh whenever they, they pan to Adam Brooks on the bench between Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton. That kid so is right right out of the womb. He's also, he's great. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the topic for this week, Okay. The pre-playoff edition, what you guys aren't seeing. Uh, We did this uh, a lot earlier in the podcast. It was one of our uh, most listened to episodes where um, we all have different eyes. Ryan, obviously, his eyesight's not great because he's not seeing every game that the Leafs are playing. We've been over this. Um, But uh, we... Um, we all see different things about the Leafs and, you know, a game can end and and we all have different takes. And so... uh, and, And... you people as well, the listeners, uh, you guys are seeing different things, but we're going to call you guys out and each other out and say, this is what you guys are not seeing about the Maple Leafs that I'm seeing, and you need to be tracking this. All right, let's get into it. All right, who wants to go first? We got just a couple. I'll go. I All have right. a good one. Hit it. Now, here's what you two four-eyed, <laughs> non-even paying attention to you old geezers cannot see about this Leafs team. Hey there. Over, over the next five games, we need to go back to a two-unit focused power play. We started this season with this. It was amazing. Tops of the league. Then our power play died, and we went back to a loaded up one unit to fix it. And and we did that. Our power play is, you know, it's not clicking at, at the rate it was in the beginning of the season, but it's, it's definitely not a 18 wheeler off the cliff. Like it was a couple weeks ago. So our power play is good now, but we are at our most dangerous when we have two units clicking out there. And like that, obviously, you know, if, if you have two units that are scoring, that's a better than one goal, one unit of scoring. It's like, you know, what's better than 40 goals, 80 goals. All right. So here's what I propose. Our two units are okay. Unit number one goes out there. It's Morgan Riley on the point with Matthews and Marner in the shooting positions, Thornton, the bumper in the middle sentence or Simmons as your net fund presence winner. Second unit goes out Sandman on the point JT and Spezza that are on the, in the shooting positions, Hyman as the bumper and Nylander as the net fund presence. How are you not look at those two lines and you say either one of them can score. You get a little internal competition. Yes. Who's going to get out there first. Who's going to be the one to, to get the little bit of extra time. That's what we've been seeing with our third and fourth line recently. And, and Keith loves using that as a motivation tool. I want to see it back on the power play again. Here's the thing, Ryan, 
every single word that you just said, I disagree with wholeheartedly. To, to, to take it from the intro, Ryan, you are wrong. <laughs> As it, it feels like it was only yesterday that we were suffering through a 1 in 43 stretch on the power play. And yet we finally just get it to fix it. And you want to blow it all up again? Give me a break. Tim, Tim but you, you look at this and let's say that, you know, we have five games left. Let's say we go back to the two, two units. We're going to get what? 10 to 15 power plays over those five games. Not if we play the cleanest team in the league, known as Vancouver, then we might only get one or two. If it's not working and we're not like scoring and it doesn't look like we're setting things up and getting good chances. Like you can't tell me that we can go into the, into the playoffs and just go back to the loaded up one unit. And it wouldn't just like work like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's Matthews, I, Marner, Riley, Tavares, Nylander, like those guys could just, they don't need like reps heading directly into the playoffs to be hot or to, to not like, like they don't they need abso- that. They absolutely do. They, these guys, we saw that once the power play is not working, it gets into their heads and then it blows, uh, it messes them up from that. So if you, if we go through the next five games, messing with the power play don't score any goals you think that's not going to mess with these guys head they're going to be overthinking all their passes and we're going to get shorthanded goals against uh, scored against us the only thing that i liked was rasmus sandin on the power play except i would go further than that and say he should be on unit one whoa no no i disagree with that I agree with that. Sandin has so much confidence at the blue line. He is just as good as passers Morgan Riley. Morgan, the only thing Morgan Riley has an incentive over Rasmus Sandin is his point shot, of which well, I don't want any point shots uh, taking place when we have Austin Matthews and John Tavares on the ice. But Tim, what you're saying right now is that we have a wealth of riches. We have two defensemen that could be like number one defensemen. We have, we have, you know, like, how do you not say that you don't love Hyman and Thornton both in that bumper position? And like, we have so many players that you can make these two great lines. Why are you loading up like Nylander and Tavares on the same line as Matthews and Marner? Because there's only so much puck to go around. We saw it at the first like 30 games of the season. We, our power play was unstoppable, unstoppable. And it was both lines that were putting them in. We're, disagree we're now down to what do you like mean disagree that's a fact that's what it has <laughs> and then the teams figured it out and then we didn't score for 400 games i can't even i can't even any argument that starts with changing the power play right after we fixed it is a non-starter but tim what what happens when we get to the to the playoffs and, and this this number one line all of a sudden gets cold and the other teams figure it out and they're not scoring wouldn't you rather have this other option to fall back on that it hasn't uh, it's not something that we haven't used since the power play was dead like wouldn't you rather have that figured out now and get the two lines rolling now while the games still don't matter no i agree with the internal competition argument um by the, by the way, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the segment, but, uh, it, w- you know, <laughs> this doesn't mean that we all agree with what each other's seeing. <laughs> I, but I do agree with the, the internal competition because sometimes I, I feel like you only get two minutes on the power play and sometimes guys are being a little... Um, a little bit slow with the puck and a little bit like, oh, okay, well, you know, they're not going to pull the plug on us. And I kind of like the idea that if one unit is... Like, if you're Austin Matthews and your unit isn't going... Keith's not going to put you out there. Keith's a gangsta, mm-hmm. and he's not going to put you out there. Or and, he's not going to start you on the next power play. It'll be the other unit that gets the start. Uh, but then I also agree with Tim. 
um, because he's old and wise and he, <laughs> he does have a good point that we, we, the, the alternative to changing things up potentially from what we have right now is going back to scoring zero power play goals in whatever it was a, a month. Um, and that, so that, that worries me a lot as well. Um, the, the other, the other thing that I'd say like that, the benefit of having two units is that when you load up one unit, it's out there for two minutes, the power play expires. What line is coming back onto the ice? If all of your top guys are on one unit, then you, you obviously they can't be out there the next shift. But the Leafs, especially when they have Hyman back uh, and maybe Riley Nash, like when we're all healthy, we have more than enough guys that we can come back and be confident that they can go against the other teams, the top lines until you can start rolling the regular lines again. So Leafs are deep enough that they can afford to have one overwhelming power play that's just going to score. Here's the thing. I would say that if the Leafs stayed the course of what they're doing, they have the one unit that's operating at like an above average to average level like they are right now. Yeah. It's probably good enough. And we like should at least get out of the Canadian division with that. But I think if you want to like go beyond that and go really deep in the playoffs, you should aim for better and we have the chance to be better. And I think we should take it, but that's okay. We can move on. That was, that was a good debate though. Tim, we'll, I hate you. we'll find out <laughs> you're wrong, but like you tried to defend your point. Okay. Uh, Tim, you want to go next or you want me to go? Uh, sure. My, mine is maybe a little less controversial than, than Ryan, but <laughs> mine wasn't I mean, controversial at all. You're Ryan just sees wrong. things, Tim, you don't understand. Well, you guys are so concerned about, uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I used to be Zach Hyman, but our first lines uh, contributions in the offensive zone, you guys don't see what their contributions are in the defensive zone. These guys have taken a huge step forward this year, uh, both in their defensive. It used to just be Mitch Marner uh, who could read the stick plays and mm-hmm. could intercept the passes. And He's crazy. With but that. now yeah. Austin Matthews, I'm not sure if Marner taught him or if he's started doing it more often. We, we have seen him start to use his body more to take this uh, manhandle, these smaller players. And uh, there's no one better at like takeaways on the Leafs. And then, so when you combine Matthews, Marner, and probably Zach Heim, but I mean, Nick, Nick Foligno has been doing a, a good job as well. You have an elite defensive line as well mm-hmm. as an elite offensive line. And this is what has been the secret to their success this year. Not not just Austin Matthews uh, scoring as often as he has uh, in, because of how good he is in the offensive zone, but how much offensive zone time they're getting yeah. because they're able to break out of the defensive zone. And I feel targeted. For, go ahead, Stephen. Go I ahead. feel targeted. I, I mentioned this <laughs> many pods ago when we were going over our dream lines, and I said, um, I said, what are we worrying about a, a third line checking defensive line when our best defensive line is the top line? But Tim, you bring up a really great point that Austin Matthews is, he's unbelievable with these takeaways. And I think mm-hmm. it does get overshadowed uh, because of how great he is at scoring goals. And he's cursed, like I mentioned before, but how is it that that's crazy to think of that currently the, the NHL's, you know, goal uh, leading goal score is this much of a defensive weapon as well. Uh, I didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you even like, you think back to those series we had against Boston and the, you know, Pasternak Bergeron and Marchand line were so good one because they could just score at a whim on your end. But like Marchand and Bergeron are elite, 
two-way players. You know, they're both great in the defensive end as yeah, well. And like, kill. Yep. Yeah, and it was hard to get goals against them when they were on the ice. And it and that is, Tim, you're right. That's exactly what Matthews and Marner have, have become. They're the best in the league in the offensive end, but they get to play there so often because they're able to get it out of their own end so quickly. And that's probably only better now that Nick Foligno is on their line too. Good, good point, Tim. Good point. Uh, I'm glad you two are, are aren't yelling at each other yeah, anymore. You're right. That was much less controversial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I got I got well, I got two. But um, okay, my first one I I didn't mention it before. Uh, okay, I don't know if you guys are seeing this or not. I don't know if the listeners are seeing this or not. I said it many times this week in our in our private chat. This third line stinks. <laughs> this third line is so 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 bad i'm so mad when they're out there um what are we doing here that we are we trying to just like not hurt anybody's feelings bench Ilya mikhaev bench wayne simmons this third line is is it, it is affecting zach hyman's recovery i know it just having to watch this his stitches are being undone <laughs> this third line is horrible how is keith just rolling this thing out here nick robertson is sitting on the bench adam brooks has like four goals in the last like week are you kidding me okay so hold on hold on yes they stink at scoring goals but they are defensively responsible and half that third line is our penalty kill so it's it's not the worst thing in the world but like yeah they got nothing going when it comes to offensive specifically um uh i i okay maybe you don't have to bench both of them but nick robertson should be on that line and it's so this is so bad And I think Tim, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that the fourth line is basically the third line now. Um, but yep. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get over it. It's just like they roll out the lines and guys are sitting, but it's still this darling third line that keeps just rolling out there. And he's just like, "This is my. These are my boys." It it does feel. It feels like we're not getting the most we could be out of someone like Kerfoot on that line. Like I get it that Kerfoot can be that like the the center or a winger on that shutdown line but i feel like he he can be more offensive than he is being used on that third line and i feel like like i i'm still in the camp that when hyman comes back he should be on that third line to give it that offensive spark yeah and and steven i'm with you if you have a third line of hyman of hyman uh kerfoot and nick robertson yeah that's a third line that like I think could get it done in both ends of the ice. And then all of a sudden you have four lines that are that can score you goals. And that that's dangerous. He, Kerfoot's definitely I, th- I think we've seen a lot of tape on him now. He's, he doesn't seem like a line driver and he's, he's going to need somebody better than him to like he can't be the yep. best player on your third line. And right now he's the best player on your third line. And this is what we're getting. So, um, yeah, I, I, maybe. Yeah, it's not. Maybe a lot of people are seeing this. Maybe not everybody seeing this. I am absolutely seeing this. I have to change my glasses, uh, and it's it's horrible. I'm sick of seeing this. So this third line stinks. Zach Hyman, but please he, come back soon. But here's it, the thing. Tim brought this up yesterday. He said Wayne Simmons has not been benched for a single game all season. So like we're probably going to see him in the playoffs. We have to find somewhere to put him. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know the, the, it, the decisions have been weird because the how much they're sitting Robertson with how little these games matter uh, feels weird as well. I'm not sure I agree with that decision. So, uh, but you know what the, the the team's winning games, so I can't complain too much because you guys are right. They're not a defensive liability out there. It's just funny seeing them just fumble around and it's stone hands everywhere. All right, we don't need to talk about this line too much more. Uh, who, I would say one one thing about about Wayne Simmons. It's kind of interesting that 
like Wayne Simmons is supposed to be an offensively focused guy. Like he's a power play and a scorer guy. He's not a defensive guy. Sure, like he he adds your grit to your lineup. Yeah, but uh, that's not why we brought him in. There hasn't been a lot of offense coming off yeah, his stick it. since really he came back from injury. There hasn't been much. It's been too bad. I've been saying this all season. I, I bet you you go back and listen to the last what you guys aren't seeing. I've been talking about Wayne Simmons. You know, this guy just doesn't have it. Okay. Who Which else is too bad because to he, he looked really good at the beginning of the season. Yep. He was scoring goals, especially on the power play. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe he maybe he needs some load management just to, I don't know. All right. Want me to go with my next one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, now, here's the thing. Right now, you know, a, a little bit ago, we still quote us sometimes. We did a sweat and buckets episode where we were talking about, like, what are the things that we are sweating buckets over yeah. with this Toronto Maple Leaf team? And right now, there's, like, literally nothing to be concerned about. Our power play is good. Our penalty kill is solid. The goalies are good. The depth players are scoring. You know, JT and Willie are hot. Matthews and Marner are hotter. Like, literally every aspect of this team is flying. But when I think of what is the most likely aspect that could like, you know, hit a bump in the road or like literally fall off a cliff. It's got to be the goaltending. And and like, at least of all those things, that's the most likely that will end up costing us a series. And, and it's, it's tough to say, cause you know, we have Campbell, he's been so good and, and Freddie in the, yeah. uh, in the back, but, and I'm fully expecting Freddie and Campbell to be our guys in the playoffs. I, I, I think that if the salary cap was gone right now, Freddie would already be in playing games right now. Um, but Campbell this season is learning how to be a starter. And, and even though I haven't done it, I would imagine that being a starter in this league is different than being a starter in the playoffs as it is in the regular season. Yeah. So, so this come playoff time will just be another first for Jack Campbell. He's never been a starter. I don't, I don't think he's ever even played a playoff game at all. I don't, I don't think. Um, so this is why, in my opinion, they need to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get Frederick Anderson in for at least two of the next three games before playoffs. All right. And and here's what I think. I think you start Campbell in game one of the playoffs, regardless, he deserves that. Yeah. And after Campbell wins game one, I don't care if he loses or wins after he wins game one, put Freddie in for game two, let them both get their feet wet. Let them both get comfortable, have two viable options to go through just in case Campbell waivers or starts to fall. You don't have Freddie coming in cold for the playoffs. That's what I think. Tim, tell me right now that you have disagreed with every word I've said. I was going to say, I disagree before you even started. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I agree with parts of what you said, right, but then it. the rest, you know, of course I disagree with, cause you are wrong. <laughs> this week's been a weird one because, you know, I said it earlier in the pod that we let in basically a goal a game. Riddick was in there one time, but it feels like we've barely, our goalies have barely even been challenged this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now that's, we'll, we'll see who we're playing in the playoffs. I, my personal opinion, I mean, I've been damaged by just too many uh, lost playoff series. If we win the first game, you're not changing a thing on that roster. And we're going to play this next game and we're going to play the next game. And that that's my opinion. Um, but that would, that would be more in line of what I'm thinking as well. Like maybe you can try act, uh, doing a conditioning game, like an AHL game for Anderson uh, before the playoffs start. Or if like if Hy- Hyman is skating again, but if he's not going to be back before game one of the playoffs, you can activate him 
yeah. uh, to play him a regular season game. But I think unless if it's a back-to-back playoff game, you do not play Anderson at all. If, if Campbell wins and like looks classic Campbell in game one, you roll with him all the way to the Stanley Cup final. But here's the thing. Like... I I think Anderson is going to play games in the playoffs. I I don't think that Campbell is going to go 16 and 0. I'm sorry Leafs Nation. I'm sorry <laughs> Steven. I know that makes you angry, but he's probably going to lose a game or two here or there. I don't think he'll lose a series cuz we're winning it all this year, but but Campbell is going to need Freddie and I don't want Freddie to come in after a Campbell loss, because then like, what's that message sending to Jack Campbell? It's saying, well, well, you lost this one. So we're going to go to Freddie. What if Freddie wins? It gets a shutout. And all of a sudden, like, are you going to go with Freddie again? And I don't want that. I don't want to kill Campbell's confidence. This guy is as fragile as an egg. All right. Like we we need, that's why I say Campbell wins game one and go in, go into game two with the preconceived plan of we're going to have Freddie in game two. Campbell, you played great. Doesn't matter if you win or lose. We're going to go with Freddie and give Campbell back the game in game three, regardless if Freddie wins or loses. Like, don't make it about performance. Don't make it about something that could throw off, you know, Campbell mentally or say, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm letting the team down. Don't, don't leave this stuff to chance. So, so what if you told them, like, Campbell, if it's a back-to-back, we're going to play Anderson. That wouldn't that wouldn't kill his confidence. No, because Tim, what happens if Campbell plays game one and loses three to two? Or it's, I don't know. Like it's putting Campbell, it's putting Freddie in after Campbell loses that I'm worried about. I don't think we're gonna have a back to back either. I feel like that was just a last year's playoff thing. That doesn't typically happen in the playoffs. Well, we might. We're I think we're starting the playoffs later than all the other divisions. Ah, come on. Thanks, Van- Thanks Vancouver. Oh, come on. Okay, that was a good point. Right, right, you do bring up a good point. I mean, we, we talked about it last pod. I don't want to go, go too much in depth on it, but just let you're right. Campbell is so fragile, and um, uh, we and he he could get rattled, and it's and 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 the goaltending is still a concern to me as well. So, I would say I'm less like if you want to keep Campbell going in the playoffs until he loses like that. That's okay. I'm not diehard set on you need to start Freddie in game two, but like what I am diehard set on is you need to get Freddie a game or two in the regular season. I think that needs to happen. Yep. But we'll see. Okay. Um, let's, let's kind of uh, wrap it up here. I got one more unless Tim, did you have a, another one? A quick one? Nope. Okay. You can go for it. All right. I got one more and I think it's been a, uh, um, an error on this podcast from the very beginning. Uh, listen, this is what you two Bur- Burlington Barnacle Boy babies haven't been tracking all season. And this this is, again, my fault as well as the, the host of this podcast. Austin Matthews is having essentially one of the greatest goal-scoring seasons of the last 20, 30 years. Yep. And I feel like we have not been gassing him up enough. He should have his own wagon that drives in front of the existing wagon that the rest of these bums are in you know what's better than 40 goals a year 80 goals a year and that's uh, that would have been possible this season if he had played um if, if they were playing a full 82 game s- schedule so uh, over the last 35 years uh if we're talking a goals per game uh, austin matthews is sitting at a 0.81 goals a game that is second to only uh four mario lemieux seasons over the last 35 seasons so that's the company that he's in and back when back when goaltenders didn't really know how to play goalie. Correct. Correct. It, 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 yes, it is. a t- Tim's an old man. It's a very different era than what was played um, back then. And it's it's unbelievable to see what he's doing right now. 
when I think of just like recent seasons that are, you know, just legendary goal scoring wise that, that just sit in my mind, I think of uh, the Steven Stamkos 30 or 60 goal year and then mm-hmm. the uh, Alex Ovechkin 65 goal year. And it's a shame that this isn't going to go 85 games because it really feels like this is one where he absolutely could have scored over 65 goals uh, this season because it's been this season's been so crazy where he's. Yes, he's had a, a little drought here and there, but it's not like he's had these four goal games and like, you know, uh, a stretch of uh, 10 games where he scores 30 goals and then he like goes quiet for 10 games. It's been one goal a game, two goals a game. So consistent yeah. that I all really, year long, I have yeah. real confidence that if this went, if this season went the distance, he would have done it. Um, and it's so cool to see a player like him really going to etch his name in history. I think, um, well, it, it will. And just a goals a game. Um, standpoint because it's it's going to get forgotten a little bit when you just look at the numbers right because like right so right now he sits at 38 goals in 47 games you know 38 goals is not 65 goals right um but this is going to be remembered he's also so young he could do this again but i feel like we we haven't been haven't been talking about it enough i feel like since he scored 30 goals like after after the 30 goal mark every single one that he's scored i'm sitting here like come on more? Are you kidding me? Come on, because his lead yeah. is so high. That's it. I don't think well, I don't think everybody's been seeing this. Well, here's the thing. I knew I, you said that you were going to talk about it, so I went and I pulled some numbers for you regarding Austin Matthews. Are you ready for some statistics? I am ready. I failed the second semester of statistics, but I'm ready. No, Stephen. Stephen, you mentioned that this year he's on pace for uh, 0.81 goals a season. Here's his uh, goals, or not? Sorry, on pace. Um, 0.81 goals per game. Here's what he's been since he entered the league. He started 16-17 at 0.49, went to 0.55, 0.54. 0.67 and then this year 0.81 he's doing way better this year yeah. and that's only an upward trajectory so next year one goal a game 82 games 80 it, goals a year <laughs> this this year he has 38 goals 28 even strength goals 23 home goals 15 first period goals 11 game winning goals and nine goals that were the first goal of the game all of which is first place in the NHL in those margins isn't that crazy? He's been who is this guy? He's been the best uh um five five V five goal scorer for so long now. Most of that's due to Babcock and and how he's been running. He he was running the ship for a while there. But okay, so I guess it's not Ryan's been seeing this as well, maybe. So it's just Tim who's <laughs> blind. Tim, you don't respect Austin Matthews enough. Here's what's interesting about Austin Matthews. So his eleven game winning goals there, the NHL record for game winning goals in a season is sixteen. Wow. And 11 is very impressive. So, yeah, I I don't even know what that is spread over an 82 game season, but like that's kind of (laughs) close. It's not too far off. Yeah. So uh, it's just crazy that when we look at um, when we look at some of the highest uh, goals per game for, um, yeah, just in history, he's he's going to he's going to be up there. And I think it's going to be remembered. And I can't wait for another another nice 82 game season for him to do it again, because. Um, just when you look at even these past two combined seasons where he's really just elevated his game, he's so next level and you see the confidence that he instills in the players around him and how selfless he is where like after he scores these ridiculous goals, he's pointing at the guy that set him up always. And he's so selfless and he's, he's, um, I know he's not the captain, but he just feels like the, the guy that the engine that drives this team. Mm-hmm. And I'm so confident that as long as we have him around, we've got a shot. Guys are going to want to be coming to Toronto. The guys that wanted to come to Toronto 
came here because of him. We know this. Here's the here's the thing though. I, I mean, everything you said was correct, but you think of Kawhi Leonard and what the Raptors did. And Kawhi Leonard had a great regular season with the Toronto Raptors. He he was their best team through and through. But people are going to remember Kawhi Leonard because of that buzzer beater shot that he took, which won them the series, and because he took the Raptors all the way to win the championship in the playoffs. And while everything you said about Austin Matthews is true, he will have his statue built outside of the what is it, the Scotiabank Arena? That's what, yeah, the Scotiabank yeah. Arena. If he can t- do what he's doing right now and take the Leafs deep in the playoffs, what, what you do in the regular season doesn't matter. Let's see what he does in the playoffs. Although there's literally nothing to, to suggest that he's not scoring a goal game in the playoffs at this point. Yep. So it'll be, we got five games left. It's going to be really cool to see uh, how it shakes out. And uh, uh, we're going to assume he can surpass 40. That's going to be an awesome margin. He's going to be the rocket Richard trophy winner. That's going to be great. So Austin Matthews, uh, we see you. I see you. We love you. Okay. Uh, let's let's, the ice. let's uh, keep it rolling here. Let's do some quick hitters, baby. I don't have any prepared to you guys. Well, it's just five games left. Uh, okay, so we've got, will there be more sitting this week? I want to talk about that. Do you guys think mm. uh, three games against the Canadians, uh, in a way we kind of decide how hard no, we want to no go No back-to-backs? No. No back-to-backs. I think we do see some guys sit out. I agree. Put, put me as a yes. Maybe we'll sit a guy or two against Ottawa there. I don't think we'll sit anyone for the next three games against Montreal. That's going to be our like first round matchup. We want to win those games, but maybe against Ottawa. Assuming that is our first round matchup, it's going to be crazy to think that, you know, we're going to have played them three times before, uh, you know, we, we see them in the playoffs again, like just so recently. So that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Does Connor McDavid hit 100 points? Nah, I don't think so. Yes. He'll come close he, though. Yes. He's totally hitting it. Yes, this this is Leafs talk only, but yes, he is. Um, okay. Uh, how, how many shots does Cole Caulfield get against the Leafs uh, in, in the game tomorrow? How many? I'll tell you this. He doesn't have a shot at beating the Leafs in the playoffs. So put, put me down for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm being mean to him, but uh, I, when the he was playing for Wisconsin and they came to play against Omaha, I went to those games just to see him. So I do like, I was excited to see him, but score some goals. All right. We don't want to hear about shots. Cole Caulfield. <laughs> We uh, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Jays are on the they're on a run here. Oh, they're on a heater. How, how many home runs is Spr- how many uh, home runs is Springer hitting this week? Three. His last night as was many, a beauty. As many home runs as Cofield has shots. That the, uh, Vladdy, that was insane. I was watching that game. That was insane. Yeah, yeah, the, the hat trick. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. The, the the Jays are fun, man. I'm so bummed I got to play in boring old Buffalo. Yeah, boring old Buffalo. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, okay. Here, here's a question. Then, how does the power play in at the end of this five game stretch, or maybe we'll just go at the end of this week in our games against Canadians as the Canadians this week? How's the power play going to be looking? Are we going to say mm, or? Eh? It'll be average. Like it's going to be good. But we're not going to score a Keith, couple of Keith games. is going to ignore everything that Ryan said, so it's going to be good. <laughs> I say He probably will. I say, mm, I just think the Leafs are scoring so much anyway, they're going to score in the power play. We score like four goals a game at least every single day. So, all right. That's been the trend. Will Nick Robertson be in the lineup this week Ooh. for any game? No. Yes. Oh, I'll say... No. <laughs> and he's going to score goals. 
not shots, Cole Very Caulfield. <laughs> this is the anti-Cole Caulfield podcast. <laughs> him, him and Mark Marincin. See ya. What I want, you got.